And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted admin advisor, lover of all things small business and small business advocate here on Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome to the program, everyone. Now, today we're going to talk about something we haven't been covering in the last few weeks. Over the last uh, series of uh, podcasts, we've been talking about the importance of thinking about your business with the end in mind, being organised, being, um, you know, uh, understanding where your finances are, understanding where everything lines up, getting your ducks in a row, thinking about cyber security. So quite intrinsically practical things. Now, we're going to take a step back today and we're going to talk about um, thinking in terms of yourself, self-nurturing, looking after yourself as a business owner, but also the practicalities of running a business and how those two things are interlinked. Now, joining me today is Tim Hoopman, experienced small business owner, very experienced, I might add, qualified bookkeeper and expert in mental health education from everyone, from corporate through to small business. Um, He's going to be talking to our listeners to reconnect with valuing ourselves and also valuing our staff. I mean, those guys are really the jigsaw puzzles that, that hold our businesses together. And um, with, without them, it, they can sometimes make or break a business. And we need to be encouraged to be more productive, healthier business environment, healthier business owners themselves as well. And I think everyone from sole traders through to those with a J-O-B are going to benefit immensely from today's expertise. Now, welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks very much, Lexi. Very good to be here. Now, we had a lovely uh, coffee chat the other day when we were prepping for this interview. And I must say, your business journey is is very interesting, not only because of the, the experience that you have with other business owners, but also your own experience yourself and, and what you do share with others through through your journey. Now, take us through that small business journey. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, it was a great um, chat the other day. I think we probably could have gone for three or four hours rather than <laughs> That's right. about one and a half hours that yeah. we did. So it was really, really fun. Great connection. Um, I've been running a small business for over 15 years now. Prior to that, I worked in corporate uh, for big companies like uh, Lion Nathan Brewing and, and Shell. So I've had a great experience on both sides of that. So in corporate and also in small business. Um, and moving out into small business was an unbelievably exciting time but it was also really challenging. And in some cases, I knew what I was doing. In other cases, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> fumbling along. And I was fumbling along. So that was, um, yeah, so it was good. So I learned a lot of things on along the way. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. And I think this morning it'd be good to, to chat about a few of those and talk to the listeners about things that you've mentioned, um, taking care of yourself, um, looking after yourself um, from a mental health perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also um, ensuring that your team and the people that you work with, including your suppliers, including everyone, your customers, um, are all treated the same way. Mm. And, and, and that's a good point that you raise, actually, because I think one of the really fascinating aspects to your journey are, is your involvement with Beyond Blue. So why is it that you became involved with such an absolutely awesome organisation? And, and why is it that small businesses, do you think, need to be aware of, of what it is that they do? I um, It's a real privilege for me to be involved in Beyond Blue. I've been working with them for just on a year now. Um, I started as a volunteer. So I was out rattling the cans, standing at sporting events, standing at concerts, um, triathlons, um, just helping out. They look um, very much for volunteers to work with their partners to um, spread the message about mental health, about anxiety, about um, um, depression and suicide prevention. So it's a great organisation. Um, over the years, um, I have struggled from time to time with high levels of stress, um, anxiety and mild depression. Um, I w- I'm not alone in that in that game. Um, I suppose for me, as I was going through that over the years running my own business, I didn't really know what was going on. And what I found with touching and working with Beyond Blue is they know what's going on and they really can help you. It's kind of like when you're running a business and we all say, I mean, we say this so often on Small Biz Matters, surround yourself with good people, find the right expert. They are the experts for mental health, aren't they? They are definitely one of the experts and they're a wonderfully kind and caring organisation. And what I found out over the last year is they have a wealth of information Mm. that's available for small business. And I look back now and I'm going, damn, wish I'd, uh, wish I'd found that earlier. Well, there wasn't anything back then. I mean, I think, you know, as a society, if you look back 20 years, 30 years time, you don't 
we didn't talk about it. It wasn't in the open. It wasn't. Oh, was it? I don't know. I mean, I just feel as though, um, I mean, I, I'm, I was very open about the fact that I had postnatal depression with my first child and I like to be open about it, but I can't envisage being open about it, say, a generation ago. Do you think times have changed? Is that one of the reasons why uh, the work that Beyond Blue, it, it gets so much traction or is it because of their work and organisations like them that we are talking about it more and more open about it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both and you're absolutely right. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we all kind of just sucked it up a bit mm. and got on with it and you didn't really address it. If you talked about mental health, someone thought that something really bad was going on. Um, but what's really exciting is how much it's talked about now. Like, it, it, it's just wonderful. So my involvement in that um, is to help share that story, to share the stories of running a small business and the challenges that bring and how stressful and how anxious you can become and to um, work with Beyond Blue in um, helping people understand where they can go for information. I've now just become a speaker with them. So I've been very fortunate and privileged to apply for their speaker network and to get accepted. And now I'm able to go out and share my stories. They're obviously my personal stories that will suit some people but not others. But the more people that are out there sell, uh, um, sharing a story, um, giving personal information that they're comfortable with, the better it'll help your listeners, help anyone else, um, anyone else they're running their own business, working in corporate or just living day to day. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's it, When we run a business, it's intrinsically linked with us personally as well. But we mustn't forget those people with the J-O-B are also linked with their personal lives. It's not as though they turn into robots when they're at work and they're, they're sort of humans when they're back home. Uh, and it's interesting what you were saying before about your experience with corporate and small business because, um, you know, uh, understanding where your finances are, understanding where everything lines up, getting your ducks in a row, thinking about cyber security. So quite intrinsically practical things. Now, we're going to take a step back today and we're going to talk about um, thinking in terms of yourself, self-nurturing, looking after yourself as a business owner, but also the practicalities of running a business and how those two things are interlinked. Now, joining me today is Tim Hoopman, experienced small business owner, very experienced, I might add, qualified bookkeeper and expert in mental health education from everyone, from corporate through to small business. Um, he's going to be talking to our listeners to reconnect with valuing ourselves and also valuing our staff. I mean, those guys are really the jigsaw puzzles that, that hold our businesses together. And um, with, without them, it, they can sometimes make or break a business. And we need to be encouraged to be more productive, healthier business environment, healthier business owners themselves as well. And I think everyone from sole traders through to those with a J-O-B are going to benefit immensely from today's expertise. Now, welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks very much, Lexi. Very good to be here. Now, we had a lovely uh, coffee chat the other day when we were prepping for this interview. And I must say, your business journey is is very interesting, not only because of the, the experience that you have with other business owners, but also your own experience yourself and, and what you do share with others through, through your journey. Now, take us through that small business journey. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, it was a great um, chat the other day. I think we probably could have gone for three or four hours rather than <laughs> That's right. about one and a half hours that yeah. we did. So it was really, really fun. Great connection. Um, I've been running a small business for over 15 years now. Prior to that, I worked in corporate uh, for big companies like uh, Lyon Nathan Brewing and, and Shell. So I've had a great experience on both sides of that. So in corporate and also in small business. Um, and moving out into small business was an unbelievably exciting time but it was also really challenging. And in some cases, I knew what I was doing. In other cases, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> fumbling along. And I was fumbling along. So that was, um, yeah, so it was good. So I learned a lot of things on along the way. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. And I think this morning it'd be good to, to chat about a few of those and talk to the listeners about things that you've mentioned, um, taking care of yourself, um, looking after yourself um, from a mental health perspective. Mm. Um, and then also um, ensuring that your team and the people that you work with, including your suppliers, including everyone, your customers, um, are all treated the same way. Mm. And, and, and that's a good point that you raise, actually, because I think one of the really fascinating aspects to your journey are, is your involvement with Beyond Blue. So why is it that you became involved with such an absolutely awesome organisation? And, and why is it that small businesses, do you think, need to be aware of, of what it is that they do? I um, It's a real privilege for me to be involved in Beyond Blue. 
I've been working with them for just on a year now. Um, I started as a volunteer, so I was out rattling the cans, standing at sporting events, standing at concerts, um, triathlons, um, just helping out. They look um, very much for volunteers to work with their partners to um, spread the message about mental health, about anxiety, about um, um, depression and suicide prevention. So it's a great organisation. Um, over the years, um, I have struggled from time to time with high levels of stress, um, anxiety and mild depression. Um, I w- I'm not alone in that, in that game. Um, I suppose for me, as I was going through that over the years running my own business, I didn't really know what was going on. And what I found with touching and working with Beyond Blue is they know what's going on and they really can help you. It's kind of like when you're running a business and we all say, I mean, we say this so often on Small Biz Matters, surround yourself with good people, find the right expert. They are the experts for mental health, aren't they? They are definitely one of the experts and they're a wonderfully kind and caring organisation. And what I found out over the last year is they have a wealth of information mm. that's available for small business. And I look back now and I'm going, damn, wish I'd, uh, wish I'd found that earlier. Well, there wasn't anything back then. I mean, I think, you know, as a society, if you look back 20 years, 30 years time, you don't, we didn't talk about it. It wasn't in the open. It wasn't. Oh, was it? I don't know. I mean, I just feel as though, um, I mean, I, I'm always very open about the fact that I had postnatal depression with my first child and I like to be open about it, but I can't envisage being open about it, say, a generation ago. Do you think times have changed? Is that one of the reasons why uh, the work that Beyond Blue, it, it gets so much traction or is it because of their work and organisations like them that we are talking about it more and more open about it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both and you're absolutely right. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we all kind of just sucked it up a bit Mm. and got on with it and you didn't really address it. If you talked about mental health, someone thought that something really bad was going on. Um, But what's really exciting is how much it's talked about now. Like, it's just wonderful. So my involvement in that um, is to help share that story, to share the stories of running a small business and the challenges that bring and how stressful and how anxious you can become and to um, work with Beyond Blue in um, helping people understand where they can go for information. I've now just become a speaker with them. So I've been very fortunate and privileged to apply for their speaker network and to get accepted. And now I'm able to go out and share my stories. They're obviously my personal stories that will suit some people but not others. But the more people that are out there sell, uh, um, sharing a story, um, giving personal information that they're comfortable with, the better it'll help your listeners, help anyone else, um, anyone else they're running their own business, working in corporate or just living day to day. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's it, When we run a business, it's intrinsically linked with us personally as well. But we mustn't forget those people with the J-O-B are also linked with their personal lives. It's not as though they turn into robots when they're at work and they're, they're sort of humans when they're back home. Uh, and it's interesting what you were saying before about your experience with corporate and small business because that's um, a cross-correlation that many people have with their, with, their, with their journey into small business land. When you speak, do you tend to speak more to small businesses when you're doing presentations or do you envisage you will? You're mentioning um, at our meeting that you had uh, a chat to some corporates um, what did you talk to them about? What sort of things do you present on? What does Beyond Blue get out to the wider business community with? What sort of a message? Yes. So th- to answer that, there's a, a couple of angles. So one of the angles is um, the opportunity to speak um, directly to small offer. Do you think um, it is harder for small business to leave it all behind um, and draw a line in the sand between work and home? Or do you think we are not as successful at um, that skill set of just really thinking of work as work and, and, and our personal lives as something different. I think that, in my opinion, um, because it bleeds, in particular in time, it bleeds into one another. Uh, do you think that that's one of the foibles of small business because, because we don't allow ourselves that time to really have downtime from our business? I think it's quite right. Um, running a small business is really 24-7. If I look back, I would try and switch off. But unfortunately, often when you're running your, 
your own business if you are an individual or if you have a team. Sometimes you have no one to go to to talk to, to sometimes vent, sometimes ask for advice, sometimes um, share a story and ask for some feedback. It's very, very challenging. So often I found I would take that home Mm. and I think that's where it happens. That, that sometimes it's not about, oh, well, work stops at, in late afternoon and then I go home. What happens is work does stop and the office closes, but what, you, what I tended to do was I tended to drag and take home all the questions and the issues and all the things that I, I wanted to talk to somebody Debrief. about. You need to yeah. debrief. And if I guess that's one of the things we're going to be discussing a little bit better in the program is making a, um, an opportunity f- to speak to your team so they have an opportunity to chat about things. Because we do take it you actually as you said that I was envisaging myself coming home and and talking about it excitedly to to my husband who was probably looking just a little bit weary from his day <laughs> of running a business and I'm coming home telling him about my thing and it's like so how was your day and he's probably thinking well um I don't want to talk about it I just want to actually switch off and that's a skill set that maybe we need to work on maybe that's one of the takeaways today's people from today's program are going to have is that uh, maybe I do need to leave it behind and draw a line in the sand, but that's not who we are. I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, one of the things I admire about all the small business colleagues that I have is their is their passion and their desire to make it work. Is it just a time management thing, do you think? I mean, I'm talking really big picture mm. questions here, but you are very experienced with a great deal of small businesses and your own transition as well. So I think if I look back now, there's a, there's a couple of things. Um, my partner works in corporate and comes home and it, it's quite interesting because he'll talk about the fact that at work he has to be an extrovert because of the role that he's in. Is he uh, in advertising? Uh, no, he's actually in travel. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because he's relatively introverted. So when he comes home, he wants to shut down. Mm. Um, I, on the other hand, are completely opposite. I'm an unbelievable extrovert. So I would come home and I would take a big deep breath when he walks in the door <laughs> and I would just talk non-stop. <laughs> and then I would wonder why he wouldn't engage with me. It was like, why are you listening? And it took me a long time. One of the, uh, so one of the things for me that worked really well is I found an outlet elsewhere. I engaged, over time I've engaged um, business coaches, different people um, that would help me along my journey and someone that I could sit with and download to. So getting back to your um, point before, sometimes we need to find those people outside our family or our friends that we can go to. And if you look at some of the best entrepreneurs, some of the best CEOs, the best operators, they have that support network and it's not always um, the partner or the person at home. And I think that that's a great um uh, so something really good to operate on. A bit of a backlash there, which, you know, you don't get face-to-face. But use those networks, use those resources that you have to you as a small business. They are out there. Even in, in regional centres, um, there is opportunities to get in and connect with people. You've just got to take that first step and understand that everyone's on the same journey, everyone's experiencing the same issues. So, yeah, so I think it's, um, I think it's very, very timely. It's very timely to think about those things. So... Um, What we might do now is just take a quick break and listen to some community service announcements. And then once we come back, what we might do is talk a little bit about some practical strategies that we can do to implement, to look after both ourselves and the people around us as well. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. This is Small Biz Matters. We'll be back in just a moment. So today's program is all about looking after yourself and uh, nurturing not only yourself as the business owner, but also your team. Just before the break, we were talking about the fantastic work that Beyond Blue does. And Tim, of course, works now, uh, assists them with presentations either through corporate and also to small business. Um, Something you're very passionate about, Tim, because you're very experienced both in the realms of small business advisor as well as the journey yourself. Um, So you really can speak from a personal experience, but also because you work with so many clients who are going through this themselves. And I think, you know, as bookkeepers, you and I both are, and and Bass Agents, Small Biz Matters, we're proudly supported by Boyd Office Management Services. Sorry, I have to say that because I'm (laughs) a sponsor. But um, it's fabulous because we get to help people on their journey. And one of the things we help them with is nailing processes, 
Now, can you just tell me the connection, why you believe there is a really strong connection between nailing those processes and improving your mental health as a business owner? Absolutely. A couple of, a number of years ago when I first started my business, um, it was very manual driven and paper. Um, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> Did you drown I, in yes. paperwork? I, I look back at it now and I go, I don't know how my team, myself, my business partner, anyone survived. We just, you just kind of reacted and went from day to day. Um, with the advent of cloud accounting, um, cloud technology, digital, whatever you would like to call it, apps, you know, bunch all that together. I look at it as a different way of doing things, a streamlined way, an automated way. When that came along, I can genuinely say that what we implemented, what I implemented in my business with my team absolutely helped remove or helped contained stress levels, helped streamline, helped automate. What it really did was make sure the people were in control of their day-to-day tasks at a much higher level. Yes, of course, there's always reactive stuff. Having problems that, with your computer or mobile device? That, sorry, that was my mistake. Thursday nights for the techno- <laughs> sorry, I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> I'm multitasking. Bad idea, bad idea. Sorry, Tim, please that's continue. Right. So um, there will always be reactive stuff and that's part of everyday life we all deal with that but the majority of stuff if you can get a clear process you can get great systems you know cloud apps whatever in place it genuinely helps calm the business and i have definitely seen that in what we implemented over the last five years through your journey but also what you would have implemented with also your clients so i'll give you i'll give you one really good example Mm. we would run so i don't like email i've always i've never liked it um i find it quite stressful i don't i used to watch my team i watch myself i'd open the email and go oh god what's coming in um so what i would refer to that is everybody in the business had a silo email so they had tim ad or susan ad or whatever um what we did was we went to um, gen- what I would call a generic email, so support at, we had payroll at, we had reporting at. Uh, we moved to that. Now, in doing that, we had to be really clear with our customers, our service agreement. We will get back to your um, email today. Won't necessarily fix it today, but we'll get back to you today and we'll acknowledge it. So it'll come into a support at and then it'll be managed. It'll be tagged. It'll go to the right people. It will be dealt with in a great way. I, be, I feel in my business that was one of the fundamental changes that we made that really, really helped everybody's stress level. Because in the past, I've found levels of bullying, all sorts of things going on with individual, unfortunately, individual clients to staff or whatever um, that wasn't picked up. Here was an opened environment where we could see everything. I could see everything, or my staff, my customer service manager, everyone. And it made it calmer. People were off off for the day. Someone could deal with their email. They didn't come back the next day with a, you know, opening their email going, oh, my God, I've got 200 unread. Or they felt like they do. had to look at them at home when they were actually having a yes, break. Which people do all the time. So I think, think about that. If your listeners could think about that one thing, how could you improve the communication with your customers? And could you do that by completely changing the way you um, liaise with them over email? May I ask, was it a very... Uh strong, difficult transition for your staff to get their head around? Because I think clients understand that we as service professionals go through changes and they will be brought along by that change and that's just the way it is. They don't get to control how we behave in our business. But how did your staff feel? Did you get any pushback? Did you get anybody going, um, what, you're going to change email? How does that work? Good question. In the beginning, some of them felt, oh, aren't I that important because I don't have my Tim ad or I don't have my Susan ad email. What, what um, mm. Am I valuable in this business mm. anymore? So that was one of the things. So we needed to make sure that everybody felt um, valuable and this was nothing to do with them not, um, we're not wanting them to um, manage the customer. You still have to manage the customer. You still have to deliver a great service to them. We just went about doing it in a different way. We also um, did a one of my customer service managers did a great job of assessing products in the market. So there's things like Zendesk and Help Scout. We went with Help Scout. It worked really well for us. There are other options out there, but you also find a, 
um, a tool or a system that is the best that will help you deliver what you want. It's funny you should mention apps because um, in our meeting we were talking a little bit about there's two options, isn't there? There's, there's a complete fear of wanting to bring anything on board because you're thinking of the change and how much research you've got to do to find the right app. And then there's opposite, which is testing everything at once and having a complete overload. So how do you find the balance? How do you as the business owner make the decision on, okay, you mentioned, what was the um, email functionality tool that you used? Uh, we used Help Scout. Help Scout. Okay. So how did you out of all... To them, we just went about doing it in a different way. We're also um, did a, one of my customer service managers did a great job of assessing products in the market. So there's things like Zendesk and Help Scout. We went with Help Scout. It worked really well for us. There are other options out there, but you also find a, um, a tool or a system that is the best that'll help you deliver what you want. It's funny you should mention apps because um, in our meeting we were talking a little bit about there's two options, isn't there? There's, there's a complete fear of wanting to bring anything on board because you're thinking of the change and how much research you've got to do to find the right app. And then there's opposite, which is testing everything at once and having a complete overload. So how do you find the balance? How do you as the business owner make the decision on, okay, you mentioned, what was the um, email functionality tool that you used? Uh, we used Help Scout. Help Scout. Okay. So how did you, out of all the options that were there, make a decision? Did you uh, ask a, a, an IT management person? Did you talk to other people in your similar position to you? Did you ask your networks or did you yourself do the research for what was best for your company? Or did you use one of your staff? I was really fortunate because I had an awesome customer service manager. So we took the same approach with whether it was a system for email, whether it was uh, an, an app for finance, say, that connected to Zero or QuickBooks like Receipt Bank. Any of those, we would start with what's our strategy and what what's our why? Why do we need to change? What is it going to do for the betterment of our business and also for the betterment of the team and also for the betterment of the customer? So we had to be really clear up front in answering those questions before we just jumped into, oh, let's grab this new app and plug it in. Mm. I don't think anybody who runs a small business is, well, I guess they are. I guess people do sort of like switch and change and that can be quite stressful for, for the people around you and, and for your clients as well. Yeah. What, people are, what you need to remember is implementing a new system and a new process takes time and money. So you don't want to be flip-flopping around. You may not get it right the first time and you might find a better system later, but be really clear about your why. Be really clear about what it's going to deliver. Do testing, set it up, trial it internally and then roll it out. But have a clear vision about what the end game is as well. When you did testing, did you just choose a few select clients that, or because you mentioned that there were, you had, um, you know, maybe sales at or inquiries at, did you just switch on one of those elements or did you do it across a number of clients and give them the, all the options? I'm just curious as to the strategy that you did to roll it out. For that, what we did was we did it internally. We just, we set up trials and we plugged our emails in and ran kind of dual systems mm -hmm. at the same time without going out to the customer and just testing it and seeing because it is it is it, in that case it was different so we needed to understand that difference internally before we rolled it out to the customer when we were looking at um, apps that say would connect to your cloud accounting software such as um, zero QuickBooks we would um, in that case what we would do would be I would plug it into my practice I would run it like I was the client. Yeah. How's it working? What am I needing to do? It would take discipline internally though. Get it right, have a go at it and be committed to it. Can I ask you a question about the philosophy of systemization and processes? Do you believe that it's better to uh, set up the processes and work out exactly what the, what the plan is before rolling something out or do you believe in allowing um, the process to flow organically, see what works, what doesn't work, and write the document as you go and when you're actually in, involved in the process? For me personally, and the experience that I gained uh, when I was in corporate, is that you really need to have your process written down and documented and tested and tried before you can automate it. Because if you try, 
if you do it that way, um, what you'll end up having is a clear stepped process that you'll have tried, you made mistakes, you want to change and alter, and then you'll go and use a software tool to automate it. And in that case, I found for my practice, and it just worked well for me, that doing it that way meant that you could get a lot of the issues out, you could sort out what your checklist looks like, you could change it, you could run it through the run it through your um, business, and then when you go, mm, I reckon that's pretty good, you can move to automating it. That's how I would, that's how I've worked, and that and that worked well for me. Mm. Um, if it's a very simple process, sometimes you can just move straight to. Like you said, using yourself as a guinea pig first to see how your business operates with it. Yep. Now, a really good example, and something that everyone's quite familiar with, thanks to the, the advent of uh, cloud accounting, of course, is getting your finances under control. And I think everyone would agree that once you have those under control and a better understanding of what your position is financially, it does alleviate the stress. So obviously that's intrinsically linked to mental health and the, the success of the business in terms of how the team's feeling. But um, what what would be some really, what, would, what are some of the major benefits for getting your finances under control and what would be your top uh, tips for getting them under control? <laughs> um, for me personally, one of the, one of the great reasons of having them under control is you don't wake up in the middle of the night worrying about whether there's enough money in the bank mm. to pay the super or the staff for the payroll that week. Um, you know, uh, that those are the sort of things that were really important um, important to me. Funnily I th- enough, they're important to the ATO as well. <laughs> <laughs> they're very important to the ATO. Um, I think um, in this, um, with the advent of cloud accounting and digitisation and, and really awesome software, um, it's not as hard as you think. The, the, real th- the real, real, real difficult bit is getting started. Absolutely. Waking up deciding that you're going to make a change, that you want to be able to log into your cloud accounting software and you want to see the suppliers you owe, who owes you and what the bank balance is. Hmm. And yes, it's much, much more than that. But there's some of the there's some of the key triggers. You also want to know that you're paying your, st- your staff correctly, so you use a proper um, payroll system, for example, for that. It gives you peace of mind. Can you give me an example of one that you're a fan of? Um, I'm a real fan of um, KeyPay. Mm-hmm. That's a really good, sophisticated payroll um, system um, for a number of reasons. It allows um, employee interaction with the system mm-hmm. online. Um, checking leave balances, applying for leave, etc. It also um, has some great tools um, in terms of um, uh, awards. So it has a number of awards built in there. So that takes the pain away of whether you've paid the individual correctly. You should still double check though, due, due, due diligence. True, you should. Um, and it also inter- um, connects um, very well with um, products such as Zero and QuickBooks. And the other big one, which we touched on a little bit earlier when you were talking about drowning in paper, uh, <laughs> would be perhaps Receipt Bank. Um, I'm, look, I, I'll be honest, I'm a fan. As, as a BAS agent, I, I think it's great. There are other really great products out there that do similar things. Um, I just found it quite easy to implement across myself and, and all my clients and, and that sort of thing. Yep. It's about, I guess it's really just pick, again, you have to do your research. You have to pick the one that's right for you. But they're, um, And then ask people who are professionals. Ask people that you're connected with that might be quite happy to share with you what their thoughts are on this. So, you know, and, and you have, if you haven't got anyone around you that can you necessarily have that connection with, then go to the professional association for those people and, and ask. Ask for someone who's um, obviously accredited and has a correct documentation and professional membership so you know that you're getting the right person. Absolutely. I, I Receipt Bank is a game changer. If you are drowning in paper, which we used to be, if you're running a bookkeeping practice and you can't get source documents from your clients because they're busy doing other things in their business, Hmm. help them make it the process much, much easier and watch it change. Now, you mentioned cash flow a little bit earlier because um, it's important that, you know, like you said, the number one reason to get organised is so you don't lose sleep. These automated processes obviously speed up the automation, but they don't necessarily give you more cash. So, what is the connection between the two, very simply? So I think uh, one of the things with um, moving to a cloud accounting software is it 
um, allows you to make decisions based on information that's in real time. Mm. So you've got the real, you've got real time information there, not something that's coming to you in a report down the track. So I think that I think that's one of the really great things. And I always say to, I used to say to my customers, um, you want to get back in the driving seat in your business, sit at the sit at the dashboard of your cloud accounting software and really get into it, really start to see and look at it every day. Um, cash flow is a really interesting thing. Uh, um, sell more. Yeah. Go out selling. <laughs> oh, yeah. As, as, uh, as, as odd as it might sound for some people, uh, go and sell more. Well, uh, yeah, I, I know exactly <laughs> how you feel. I used to think to myself, I don't understand where the confusion is with cash flow. Get paid faster, pay your bills faster. Then you know where you stand. It's obviously more complex than that. I think one of the things I like to sit down with with small businesses is say to them, okay, well, let's have a look at your seasonality. Let's try and smooth out your, your okay, seasonality of, of client bookings and sales and that sort of thing. That's going to happen depending on the business that you're in. But let's smooth out those purchases so that you're not looking at this big hit of $4,500 of professional indemnity insurance once a year. Does, in your opinion, does it make sense to smooth out and make things a monthly payment so you've got a more realistic picture in your books or do you think it's a good idea to get those things paid? Or does it depend? Uh, <laughs> how, how long's a piece of string? Do question? you know what? Sometimes it depends on what makes the business owner feel most comfortable. Yeah. If they like to pay it all up now and they and they can afford to, sometimes that's the best thing for them. If they if they want to smooth out their payments every um, every month, then certainly by all means um, do that. I, I kind of think it that might sound like a bit of a cop out, but I kind of think it's a it's what suits you best. But then do it consistently and then monitor it and then be on, be on top of it. And just on, just on the selling thing, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be flippant with that, <laughs> but go out and talk to customers. They'll generally have more work for you if you ask. Go out and do some sales calls and when you do engage the customer properly and be really clear what you're going to do and what their obligations are to you, and get the, a commitment to pay on time. That's one of the things that is a that is a horrendously big burden that small business take on. They don't get paid on time. And then, and I've been in this situation before, I became scared. Oh no, it's just mounting up. I've got to, I've got to chase that client. What if they leave me? Well, if they don't, if they're not paying you, they might as well kind of not be there. Be there, yeah, in the first place. Uh, yeah. So, so there are some really good. Just on, just on the selling thing, I'm not. I wasn't trying to be flippant with that, <laughs> but go out and talk to customers. They'll generally have more work for you if you ask. Go out and do some sales calls, and when you do, engage the customer properly, and be really clear what you're going to do, and what their obligations are to you, and get the, a commitment to pay on time. That's one of the things that is a that is a horrendously big burden that small business take on. They don't get paid on time. And then, and I've been in this situation before, I became scared. Oh no, it's just mounting up. I've got to, I've got to chase that client. What if they leave me? Well, if they don't, if they're not paying you, they might as well kind of not be there. Be there, yeah, in the first place. Uh, yeah, so, so there are some really good triggers. And again, if you go back and look at automation, you go back and look at cloud accounting software, you go into Zero, you go into um, QuickBooks online, they all have those built in, automatic reminders, all of these sort of things. Set it up, use those features. Exactly. People are paying what can, some people for some people, be quite a lot of money for this software and they're not actually using it to its maximum potential. Most of these accounting uh, pl platforms have actually got these great videos you can watch, which are one or two minutes. Just get a handle on a teeny-weeny little chunk of what how you can learn it because this is a very powerful piece of software, especially particularly designed for small business. It's designed to help you. It's designed to help you with cash flow and understanding your finances and getting automated. Use it. Use the features that are there. Now, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters and we'll be back after this. But it was an interesting segue you just mentioned there, Tim, about um, looking after yourself um, and thinking about you not just the business. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that after the break. You're listening to Small Biz Matters, the half hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name's Alexi Boyd. We'll be back.
And welcome back to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in. My name is Alexi Boyd. We've got a fantastic guest with us today. Tim Hoopman is here talking with all of his experiences relating to not only being a small business owner himself, but also the work that he does with Beyond Blue. Now, Tim, one of the reasons why you've connected with um, that great organisation is because of your passion for small business and your belief that there is help out there. Now, why is it so important that we, we put ourselves first as small business owners? Because in, in the program you were talking about, you know, being conscious of your staff and making sure that they're happy when you're implementing process and getting paid on time and making sure your super obligations are met. Um, ultimately, should we be putting ourselves first in a, almost a selfish way, which we're not very good at doing with, with small business? What are your thoughts? Often when I talk about this subject, I start with... Um, as a business owner, who was I accountable for or accountable to? And I always look at it in probably three, sometimes four. One was the ATO because they were a master. Yeah. Two was the client. Three was the employees. And sometimes the fourth is your suppliers because they can be just as demanding. So as a business owner, you have many masters <clears throat> and you are constantly thinking about them working sometimes for them, um, doing your best to help them. I think one of the things, and to your question, is when you're doing that, you need to ensure that you are okay. I look back at some of the times in my practice um, when I was running my business and I go, I wasn't okay and now I understand why I was acting and behaving like that. You've got to be make a conscious effort on an ongoing basis to look after yourself because when you're in the best frame of mind, you're then able to help the people around you much more effectively and run your business much more effectively. Is it kind of like the uh, you're in an air, airline and you put on you're, you're in an aeroplane and you put on your gas mask first before you help those around you? Yeah, it's, it is actually a little a little like that. Take care of yourself so then you're in the in the best place to take care of other people. Now, we talk a lot about practical strategies on small biz. Is there anything that you can think of if anybody was to walk away from this program with just a couple of top tips for just strategies that they can do to look after themselves? Because we're talking a lot, a lot about a lot of big picture things today. Mm-hmm. What's something that somebody can implement today? Okay. I, I'll tell you what I, I do. What I found over the years that works best for me is a couple of things. One is um, exercise. So, yes, I understand that everyone goes, oh, okay, but I can't run a marathon. Time. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time. Uh, when I talk about exercise, it's whatever that is for you. So, for me, it's running. Um, it's ocean swimming a lot, sometimes in the pool. But it's about getting out and doing something physical that makes me happy. The other thing is I have what I call happy places. So, the park that I run in is a very wonderful park and it's my, one of my happy places. So the running doesn't feel such a chore because I'm in the environment I want to be in. And the other one is the um, beach. Even if I don't ocean swim, even if I just get in the water and stand there, I will go down to the beach most days of the year, even in the winter. And that is a place that I feel centred and I can tell from my perspective, my day is much, much better when I simply get up and I go to one of those places. And again, I like to do exercise, but sometimes just sitting and being there can be the most wonderful thing and can set you up for success for the day. So just try something. But also I would suggest to people that you've got to be consistent. Once or twice, and then you go, mm, doesn't really work for me. Um, be consistent, find what it is. A couple of other things, I love to bake. That is my, one of my mindfulness activities. Some people go, you're crazy. <laughs> um, I love to bake because it's a generosity thing of giving out to other people. Um, and there's lots of other aspects around it that I enjoy, but that's probably the main one. Find those things that centre you, that make you feel good about yourself and then take that feeling with you for the rest of your day, to your work, to wherever you're going. So I think that's probably one of the, one or two of the little things that people could look at and find what's right for you. It doesn't matter what it is, 
what's right for you. Try different things until you go, yep, that's it. And is this something... And talk to your staff and help make it a happy environment for them. Yeah, talk to your staff. I think that's a, that's an interesting key. Engage with them. Make sure that you have an open discussion with them. It was something you touched on the other day in relation to how often you should sit down with your staff. And what's that magical question? I love this. What was that magical question you said to ask them? Yeah, so that magical question was, how are you feeling? So let me put that into context. When I worked in corporate, um, they, the organisations I worked with had great people a great people culture and one of those one of those aspects of that culture was managers sitting with their teams individually every month and doing what they called a one-on-one which is what I call it you can call it whatever you want catch up something where you talk, where you ask your team member the per- person that you, um, is a valuable member of your team how are they feeling start a conversation with that when the person my experience, when the person goes into starting to tell you about what they've achieved that month, um, pull them back and say, how are you feeling? Because words of feeling are not, I've delivered this. Words of feeling are, I'm happy, I'm sad, I was really stressed, I I had a joyous month. Wow, that was really good what I learned. So um, ask them how they're feeling and go back to feelings. Start the conversation around that and keep it on that and spend half an hour, 45 minutes with them, an hour every month talking about them. What I discovered was I found out things and what a wonderful outcome that would be. Yes, maintaining that relationship and almost having someone else who's uh, a valuable contact in the community rather than... I had a a wonderful guest, Ush Danak, who was an emotional intelligence expert, who uh, cut me down and said, why are you hoarding your employees? You are not... You don't own them. They're not commodities. They are to be allowed on the journey and if, if they're going to be going quickly, then learn what you can from one another and continue on and, and then you, you maintain that connection. But trying to hang on to them, maybe that's not the best solution either and maybe there's a reason for you, the rest of the team, as well as them, as to why it is that they want to move on. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Uh, I had a wonderful customer service manager that moved on from my um, business and one of her comments when I left was that she was really appreciative of the way and the helpfulness I was in her exiting the business. I was devastated. <laughs> I didn't want her to go You're in the all. corner crying. I was, like, oh. <laughs> um, I was completely devastated but it wasn't actually about me, it was actually about her. Um, so that that was good and we're still very, very good friends. Um, and just the other interesting thing on that, if oh, I'll just do a little link back. One of the things that she'd helped me with in my business is automation. The automated footprint that was left behind in by her as the customer service manager in things such as monthly invoicing to clients, reoccurring, all of these things, quoting, everything, was unbelievable. She left and the business or her part of the business didn't fall apart. That's an unbelievable testament to her as an individual, but also to how you need to set your business up because it can't be a business about individuals. It's got to be about systems and process and wonderful people, but not about those wonderful people holding the whole thing together. That's right. It's almost like every uh, piece of the puzzle is, is giving something, is building it's, it's building and making the business better. It may not remain, but what their legacy is still there after they've left. Absolutely. And you really need in any role, any role you have in a business to ensure that that individual can step away from it and the, that section of the business will still function. That's when you have success. Well, look, that's a fantastic way to end the program today, speaking of not only nurturing your team, but nurturing yourself. Uh, Tim, can we just do a quick outlay on what it is that Beyond Blue can give uh, the resources that are available to small business for us? Great. One thing I'll leave you with is um, that I've discovered is the Heads Up website that um, Beyond Blue have. It's heads, I'm oh, sorry, yeah, headsup, H-E-A-D-S-U-P dot org dot A-U. It's all about healthy workplaces um, and there is some wonderful information there for small business, for leaders, 
for managers, for employers and for employees. But not about those wonderful people holding the whole thing together. That's right. It's almost like every uh, piece of the puzzle is is giving something, is building. It's, it's building and making the business better. It may not remain, but what their legacy is still there after they've left. Absolutely. And you really need in any role, any a role you have in a business, to ensure that that individual can step away from it and the, that section of the business will still function. That's when you have success. Well, look, that's a fantastic way to end the program today, speaking of not only nurturing your team, but nurturing yourself. Uh, Tim, can we just do a quick outlay on what it is that Beyond Blue can give uh, the resources that are available to small business for us? Great. One thing I'll leave you with is um, that I've discovered is the Heads Up website that um, Beyond Blue have. It's Heads Oh, sorry, yeah, heads up, H-E-A-D-S-U-P.org.au. It's all about healthy workplaces um, and there is some wonderful information there for small business, for leaders, for managers, for employers and for employees. I would really encourage people to go and have a look at that if they want some help on creating um, an environment in their, bu- in their business that values mental health. That's absolutely fantastic. So make sure everyone, that's a great practical strategy to leave on. Go and check up headsup.org.au, which is uh, available on the Beyond Blue website, of course. You can Google it, of course. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, your knowledge, um, your experiences with us today, Tim. Lexi, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. That's a pleasure. And of course, if you've come in midway through our conversation today here on Small Biz Matters, you can catch up via the blogs and podcast page. There are over 130 podcasts to listen to there. Smallbizmatters.com.au. You can also connect with us via our Facebook page, of course. And if you yourself would like to share your expertise with our listeners, please get in touch. We'd love to have you on the program. You can get in touch via the Small Biz Matters Australia Facebook page. And of course, smallbizmatters.com.au. Great program on the way again next week. We're in the middle of a guest fest here on Small Biz. We look forward to speaking to you next week, Tuesday, 9am every week on Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. See you later. The Heads Up website that um, Beyond Blue have, it's heads, oh, sorry, yeah, heads up, H-E-A-D-S-U-P dot org dot A-U. It's all about healthy workplaces Um, And there is some wonderful information there for small business, for leaders, for managers, for employers and for employees. I would really encourage people to go and have a look at that if they want some help on creating um, an environment in in their business that values mental health. That's absolutely fantastic. So make sure everyone, that's a great practical strategy to leave on, go and check up Heads Up .org.au, which is uh, available on the Beyond Blue website, of course. You can Google it, of course. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, your knowledge, um, your experiences with us today, Tim. Lexi, it's been an absolute pleasure and um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. That's a pleasure. And of course, if you've come in midway through our conversation today here on Small Biz Matters, you can catch up via the blogs and podcast page. There are over 130 podcasts to listen to there, smallbizmatters.com.au. You can also connect with us via our Facebook page, of course. And if you yourself would like to share your expertise with our listeners, please get in touch. We'd love to have you on the program. You can get in touch via the Small Biz Matters Australia Facebook page and of course, smallbizmatters.com.au. Great program on the way again next week. We're in the middle of a guest fest here on Small Biz. We look forward to speaking to you next week, Tuesday, 9am every week on Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. See you later. 0.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. See you later.